Jonathan mentioned the prayer time that we are going to share together this afternoon at 1 p.m. I hope you're excited about that. Not just coming, but excited about it. Last time we had such a wonderful occasion of prayer. We spent about 75 minutes or so, 70 minutes maybe by the time it was all done, just praying. And I felt like God blessed that time richly, uh, not just in terms of the, the answered prayers, but also just the spirit of the whole time together and the uh, the prayers that in which everyone participated it really was wonderful and so uh, i really encourage you to come back we're we're going to have a brunch today in between the two services downstairs in the gymnasium and so you'll get a little bit to eat tide you over a little bit if you want and you can still come at one o'clock then and without having eaten lunch and you'll survive or you could run out because you're in the first service today and you could run out and get something bigger to eat if you want after our brunch. And then, and then you'll be gaining weight early for the holidays. You'll get, have an advance on all of that and then still be able to come back at 1 o'clock. So I encourage you to do so. I think you're going to be greatly blessed if you're here at 1. Please come and share that time of prayer. Yesterday, one of the most wonderful events took place, I think, probably in the history of our church. For us to enjoy what we enjoyed at the Christmas party here in Marlboro was spectacular. It really was wonderful. I think if you'd ask Hope whether or not the crowds were everything she'd hoped for, I think we would probably say no. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the, the, the massive crowd that was here. But because there were fewer that came, we had a chance to really build relationships with those who did come. And so there were, like, I, I don't know how many families were here, but every one of those families, I think, received wonderful attention from our church. I think the kids that were here had a fantastic time. Uh, I think the families, uh, it, it was wonderful to have them so engaged. Like, the, the families that were here really were open to being engaged by our church family. And so all of that just went so spectacularly. And so thank you to all of you who have participated. And I want to say a special thank you to Hope Pollock for putting putting so much into that. Not only did she put so much into it, and, and by the way, Darcy, like Darcy, I think was here at 8 o'clock yesterday morning, 8.30, 9 o'clock, whatever it was, 6.30, whatever it was. Like that, Darcy spent all day here uh, along with his wife and the rest of his family, and they prepared as a family for days in advance, like cutting things out, and the kids were all active. And so we, uh, we owed the Pollocks a rich uh, appreciation. Yeah. For all, for all the work that they did, it was absolutely fantastic. Now, the good thing about all of that, like, did we have the great crowd uh, yesterday? No, but it, it means that we have lots of room for growth. Like, we can go up from here. It's just, it was just the first year, and some of us said in advance, you know, because it's the first year, you know, the community doesn't know about it yet. We'll do the best we can with publicity, but it's going to take some time for this to become known in the community, and that will be the case. But I'm guessing that next year it'll be twice as big. And we'll just have a, a fantastic opportunity for good things to happen. All right. Um, Hope, were we able to get the video in? Okay. Hopefully we've got sound and everything that goes along with this little short video. Watch this. Now, Delace always bugs me because because I get to show my grandkids, 
Okay, he doesn't get it. Like, Dell went for years and years. His grandkids were younger anyway. We probably didn't even show videos back then. So he couldn't show all his grandkids on the video. So he always says, you know, how is it that you get to talk about your grandkids and we never got to talk about ours? But I wanted to do this this morning, and partly it was because it's my granddaughter, and she's just so cute, it's unbelievable. <laughs> she did, and, but the second thing was, clearly, the girl has juggling talent in her veins. Like her dad juggles, her grandfather does not juggle, but the little girl clearly is going to be a great juggler, and so I, you needed to see that. What I really wanted you to see was the excitement that can come with something that's, for us, relatively routine and simple. Now, maybe we aren't all jugglers, but obviously for Ryan, my son, juggling was no big deal for him. He can juggle like that, and he's fine. But Nora, all of a sudden, she sees her dad doing that, and she got really excited about this wonderful event that was taking place before her. And we need, I think, to get a little bit more excited about this time of year and what it is that Jesus Christ has done in our world. Now, I I love Christmas time. I've told you before my story of Christmas. I won't tell it again this morning. Christmas is wonderful for me. I love, I love buying gifts for my children. I love the whole occasion. I love the tree and setting it up and the lights. And of course, my wife would say, I don't enjoy so much putting up the lights on the outside of the house. And that's probably true. But I do enjoy the whole occasion of Christmas, and I do get excited about it. I just wish that we could all get just as giddy and excitement about what it is that Jesus has done for us as Nora is about juggling. Because there's a sense in which, instead of just reflecting deeply and with great emotion, and that's typically how I do it, you know, I like I start thinking about Christmas and all that it means to me. I get so reflective. I'm nostalgic and I find myself crying all the time and tearing up. I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> Just talking about it. Um, like that happens to me all the time. Nora showed something completely different. Her response to that event was not reflection and tears. It was just giddy excitement and joy. And sometimes I think that's how it should be for us when we think about the significance of Christmas and all that Jesus has done. Because it's not just something for us to be reflective about. It really is something for people to be excited about. Like when you hear great news, like really great news, you do get excited. When something good comes into your life, maybe it's something unexpected. Or maybe it's something that you would had anticipated for a long time you knew this great event was coming and it finally gets here and we do get excited about those great events and in fact you think about being a child waiting for christmas and you're thinking about santa claus coming and all of that we do get excited about all those things kids can actually get giddy and excited about that kind of thing we don't typically get as giddy and excited about the thought that jesus was coming into our world but because jesus is such great news for our world, there's a part of me that thinks we should, in fact, show that kind of joy. So, what is Christmas really all about? Well, Christmas is Christians celebrating and praising Jesus and telling the truth of His coming. And the word celebrating there is used advisedly this morning. That really, we should be celebrating and we really should be praising 
the fact that Jesus has come into the world. You know, it doesn't really matter that we don't know the day that Jesus came. Some people get really up in arms about this, you know, while we're celebrating this big day, but we don't even know when Jesus came. True. I don't know which of the 365 days, or maybe it was a leap year, could have been the 366th day that Jesus came into the world. I don't know what day that was. It doesn't matter that the world has commercialized this event to the point where all of us are sickened sometimes by what's done to it. I understand all of that. But Jesus came into the world. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus came into the world. This is exciting that God decided finally after millennia of waiting for his son to come into the world and to do something wonderful for us that even God was excited when Jesus comes into the world. The angels are pumped when the shepherds are out in the field and they see the angels. What are the angels doing? Are they on their knees reflecting in silence at the coming and birth of Messiah? No. The angels are singing they're rejoicing. They're excited about the fact that Jesus come into the, has come into the world. And so we celebrate and we praise. That's, that's why we sing things like, Joy to the world! Like nobody could ever sing that with, Joy to the world. I mean, you could, I suppose. But it would run in the opposite direction from the way that song was supposed to be sung. We sing, Glory to the newborn King. And we're excited about singing a song like that. We sing, Noel, Noel. And I could go higher, but my voice would screech. And really, by the way, if you don't know this, Noel simply means new birth. It's like singing, new birth, new birth. And who isn't excited when a new birth happens and a baby comes into the world? Everybody is. And then we sing words like these sometimes. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. And look at the next words. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Why is the weary world rejoicing? Because it's weary. And because Jesus has come into the world to do something wonderful. So we ask that question. What are the signs today that the world really is weary church tell me it seems to me like the world is weary what are the signs in our world that it is in fact a bit weary what do you think what's that violence yeah like i you know people get violent sometimes when they are pressured when things aren't going their way. Sometimes people get violent and irritable when they're tired. Jonathan gets hangry. Okay? He said that. That's how we get when we're weary. 
and the, the world shows that. How else do you see this? Oh, yeah. Stress, depression. Like, I'd like to be able to say that people today are way better off than they were when I was a kid, and people are less stressed and less depressed and taking less uh, prescription medication to fix all those problems, but it's not true. I'd like to be able to see that there are fewer divorces, but it's not true. I'd like to be able to say that there are fewer children who are themselves depressed. I saw a statistic the other day. I can't even remember what it was. It was like 15%, or maybe it was higher than that, of children today, talking about all children in North America, are experiencing depression and anxiety of some kind. I don't think it was that way when I was a kid. It may have been, but I actually think it's worse. I think things are worse than they used to be in many ways. Sometimes people will say, no, they're just reported more often. I don't think so. I don't think it's a case of things just being reported more often. I actually think that people are, in many ways, worse off, especially when it comes to things like depression and stress and anxiety, than they used to be. And I would say statistics actually do point that out. What else do you see? What else is there? What was that thing that Jonathan put up at the beginning of the... People are so stressed, they leave their phones on. They're afraid they're going to miss something. And then they miss that. Um, what, what else shows us that people are in many ways weary? Oh, yeah. Man, it, I mean, it's tragic. The number of people in our world today who take their own lives. And again, a lot of times, those are kids even. Like, they ha have they even had time yet in their world to become that miserable? But they have. And so our world is a weary, weary place. Well, why then does the weary world rejoice? Because that's what the song says. The weary world rejoices. Why is it that the weary world rejoices? Because God has done something wonderful. Because the greatest news the world has ever heard is being made known. That's why the angels sing. They're excited because they realize that the best news that the world has ever heard is now being communicated. And they are right in at the very beginning of that message. Well, even then, back in those days, the world was weary. Even then, all of creation was groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, waiting for God's redemption to be revealed. And now, we find ourselves, after centuries, millennia, in a situation where God needs to still show our world that He has done something drastic, that He's done something wonderful, that the world has cause and reason for rejoicing. Now, what we've always done with this is we've always thought of this in a very specific kind of way. The one act, in terms of what Jesus has done, is that He has died to free every individual from His or her wrongdoings to forgive our sins. So there's one act that Jesus has done, but it has in our way of thinking and the way we usually share this, a couple of different ramifications. One is, every person could have a new start in this life. And I'm excited about that. Everybody gets a new start. 
I love the fact, and I remember this very clearly when I became a Christian, that uh, I was baptized, and, and probably what meant the most to me what I was, was that I was clean and I could start brand new. And so that's one of the things that Jesus has done for sure. The second thing is, is he's allowed us to be prepared for eternal life. So he or she that has had maybe a tough go in life, they're being prepared for something eternal, something that's going to come. And God has blessed us certainly with all of this. But there's at least a third thing that God has done that I think requires from us a great deal of rejoicing. It calls out of us all of this rejoicing. And I want you to turn, we're going to see this in Acts chapter 3, verses 18 through 22. So God has done something wonderful in Jesus. And we have a chance because of that to rejoice and to greatly rejoice. But I want you to look at Acts chapter 3, verse 18. Right after the first few words is where I'll be reading. It says, God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who's been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your people. You must listen to everything he tells you. There's a couple of times in that passage when the writer says that Jesus does more than just forgive our sins and prepare us for eternal life. He says, first of all, that there are times of refreshing that are to come from the Lord. And then he secondly says that God is going to restore everything. That is exciting. We're not talking about just the fact that John Casella gets to go to heaven. I rejoice about that. I'm excited about John getting to go to heaven. I'm excited that I get to have my sins forgiven. Those are great things, and I rejoice over those. But I get really excited about the idea that God is about restoring everything. That there is a new day dawning for all of creation. That's why Paul says, all creation groans. As in the pains of childbirth, waiting for that day to be revealed. What day? When God is going to restore absolutely everything. And so we have at least three things that Jesus came for. He does come so that our sins can be forgiven and we get a new start. Praise the Lord for that. He does come because our sins are forgiven and we're prepared for death. That it'll come to all of us and then we're prepared for eternal life. I'm excited about that. But then it says that God is going to restore absolutely everything. And one of the beautiful things about being a Christian is that in that, we get to participate. Right now. We get to not only enjoy the blessings 
of a new start and the fact that I'm going to get to go to heaven when I die. But right now in my life, I can begin to do things that work to usher in this new time that God is bringing into our world. He wants to restore everything. He wants to make it all new. And he tells us that we have the privilege and the chance of participating with him in just exactly that. Well, how does that happen? It happens every time we do something in the name of Jesus. That's what Jesus was doing. When Jesus goes around teaching all the good things that he taught and preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing the people of all kinds of diseases and ailments, he is bringing into this world this new thing that God is doing. God is renewing everything through Christ. And we then get to participate in all those new things that God is doing. And so every time you serve in some way, every time you bring something good into our world, you're participating in the Christmas story. You're participating in what it is that God is doing in bringing a baby, a new thing, a new birth over which we get to greatly rejoice. God is doing through that baby miraculous, wonderful things in ushering in at the very beginning the start of this new existence for our world. So I don't know if when you approach Christmas, you get as excited about Jesus as you do about the presence. But I hope you do. Because God has brought us the greatest gift of all in not only giving us all these personal things we get, in terms of eternal life and forgiveness of sins. But in giving us a chance to participate in the new thing that he is doing to restore everything. That's exciting. It is worthy of our rejoicing. And I hope this year, as you think about all these Christmas things, that you're rejoicing because of this new thing that God is doing and that you're sharing with him in it. Let's pray. Lord, we look at this and we can see that you're doing something new. When you brought a baby into the world, you brought something over which we should be getting excited and so fill us with your joy, fill us with your excitement, fill us with your celebration, and fill us with your praise as we think about what it is that you have done in bringing this baby Jesus into the world. Help us to rejoice in you, we pray through Christ.